like I, I want to get rid of the word trying and should. Those two words should never yeah. be in English vocabulary. Um, trying makes me feel like I'm on a hamster wheel and it's never going to work. Yeah. Um, and should is all the cultural or family, um, whatever intentions that you're supposed to take on. Yeah. And I just kind of am dropping all of that. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Tom Bushlack. I am your host of Contemplate This, and I know it's been a while, so thank you for your patience and even for your emails asking me about what's happened to the podcast. Now, the reason it's been a while is that I've been working on some new projects, and I'll tell you about those in a minute. But first, let me give you a little bit of backstory. Some of you might know that I was introduced to contemplative prayer and meditation at a pretty young age when I was still in college. And I've spent a lot of time uh, living in monasteries, especially in my early 20s, both at St. John's in Collegeville, Minnesota, and my time in Rome, Italy. And this was a huge gift that has been this rock throughout my entire life that I keep coming back to and is really the foundation for a lot of my growth and relationships and even mental health. So I've noticed that as I've grown into having a family and a career, this gift of contemplation has really been this solid rock and foundation that I keep coming back to. It's kept me grounded and centered, helped me to stay relatively sane and healthy, especially dealing with severe anxiety and some challenges with addiction. And I've realized how helpful it's become even in my professional and leadership development as well. My daily centering prayer practice keeps me in tune with this inner core of wisdom that I believe is inside all of us, just waiting to be tapped into. And from that daily practice, I notice that I'm tapping into this deeper divine source or well of creativity, of innovation that guides my decision making and helps me to stay present and connected with the people that I'm with every day, with colleagues, with clients, with family, and with friends. In fact, I've kind of realized recently that everything I offer in this podcast and contemplate this in my teaching and online courses, in my coaching and public speaking is really just a desire to share that gift that I've received with others. And in fact, my greatest joy is watching others catch that flame of the spirit and bring it into their lives and share it out there into the world. So one of my new projects I've been working on is an in-depth contemplative life overhaul coaching program. And in this episode, I'm interviewing Tony Stogdale. She is a realtor and the director of communications for the Master Investors Tribe in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, she's a real life, busy, overwhelmed, stressed out professional like many of you listening who has recently integrated a daily centering practice into her life. In fact, she knew absolutely nothing about contemplative prayer or centering prayer and meditation before we met a few months ago. From that space, she's gotten crystal clear about the core purpose and intention that God has given her to live with her life. She's experienced improved health in her relationships, especially with her two teenage daughters, which she talks about. And now she's living in alignment and congruence between her professional goals and her divinely inspired purpose and core intention. So, that's who I'll be interviewing this time, and I'll be peppering in some of these client journey episodes, and I'll continue to do the quote, air quotes, regular contemplate this episodes as I've been doing all along. In fact, our next episode 31 will be with Dr. Matt Mumber, who's a physician, a published poet, and a deep contemplative. He's a student of Jim Finley from the Center for Action of Contemplation, whom some of you might know. Um, and he has some really profound insights into the nature of healing and contemplation in his work as a physician. So let me mention a couple of websites that you might want to check out. You might want to have a pen and paper or make a note on your phone, but uh, please don't do this if you're driving. Stay safe. Uh, so as always, you can find more information about Tony and our work together at the show notes page, which is thomasjbushlack.com forward slash episode 30. That's episode 30 with no spaces. Uh, you can actually watch a live video of our interview there. 
You can click a link and join our free Facebook group for busy Christian professionals where I'm doing uh, shorter check-ins, Facebook lives, and sharing little tips and ideas there more regularly. Uh, so if you're missing hearing from me in between episodes, you can join that group. And there are some other surprises there for you to check out. So you can check that out at thomasjbushlack.com forward slash episode 30. In addition, I know that some of you listening might want to explore taking that in-depth, life-transforming contemplative plunge for yourself, um, whether you're new to a practice or you've been doing it for years and just want to go deeper, so that you can get quickly out of feeling constantly overwhelmed or burned out, uh, get re-centered in your purpose just like Tony did. So if that's the case, then you can actually go straight to thomasjbushlack.com forward slash apply. Again, it's thomasjbushlack.com forward slash apply where you can schedule your free breakthrough session. Now, this is a totally free and no pressure call that you'll set up where I'll work with you to craft a step-by-step game plan to get you out of feeling constantly overwhelmed and how you can stay centered and aligned with your vocation for the rest of your life. So if you go to that page, you'll be taken to a page that has a calendar that has some time slots that are available. You might want to sign up quickly because there's only one of me. And um, you'll pick a time and then you'll be taken to a form to ask you a couple questions. And then all you have to do is show up and I'll call you at the time that you scheduled. Um, And we'll do about a 45-minute conversation. Now, as I mentioned, the cost for this is absolutely free. So you're probably wondering, what's the catch? And there's just one catch, and it's this. It's that you must be a busy professional in a leadership position where your decisions and actions impact your family, the people you lead, your organization or your business, and your community. You really must be ready to take an honest look at where you are now and where you want to be, or perhaps where you feel the Spirit is calling, stretching, and guiding you to be. Uh, This isn't for everybody. It's a journey that requires a lot of courage. But if you're feeling that little tug of the spirit to go deeper, feeling inspired, inspirited, and you're ready to surrender into God's will at an even deeper level so you can find more peace of mind, be present to the people you love, serve others at a higher level, and give back to your community, then this is definitely for you. So again, you can go straight to thomasjbushlack.com forward slash apply to set up that free breakthrough session, or you can check out that link along with other resources at thomasjbushlack.com forward slash episode 30. All right, with that intro, let's get right into my interview with Tony Stogdale. Well, welcome everybody. I'm Tom Bushlack, and I am joined here by the wonderful and amazing Tony Stockdale. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for being here and um, looking forward to uh, hearing your story and sharing your experience of all the, the work that you've done and the amazing transformation that you've had over the past few months <laughs> or a few weeks, I guess, actually. It feels like months, but um, so fast. Yeah, yeah. So when I met Tony, uh, she was just kind of invited to step into some leadership roles. And as you described it, there were roles that you maybe didn't feel totally like you were ready for, stepping up your game, your leadership a little bit. Um, and, but yet you recognized like these were some really amazing opportunities. And you did, you said yes, and you stepped up. And that was kind of where we got introduced. Uh, mm-hmm. And I came on your tribe talk that you have with uh, Master Investors Tribe. So Tony is a realtor, as well as the communications director for the Master Investors Tribe. Um, and so why don't you take it from there about um, kind of what happened after we were introduced and, and what's gone down since then? Okay, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. open-ended. <laughs> yep, we'll just go with it. I um, had, had recently taken over leadership of a Bible study through my office. And then I got invited by Kevin to take part in the MIT leadership aspect. Um, Just really feeling like I wasn't prepared for this. Like what, what did I have really to offer in this space? Um, Was I good enough for this space? And I knew that was my problem. Because I knew, yeah, it was good enough. I have the skills. I have all the abilities. I have the knowledge. So it was a me problem, and I knew it. So then I met you, and 
there's a huge talk in Mastering Investors Tribe about coaches. And I knew that just, I've, I've gone through two business coaches, would leave feeling um, really bad about myself after I, after I had the coaching with them, I would leave just feeling kind of like crap. And I knew that wasn't how it was supposed to be. And when you were on tribe talk, you were on for five days. So we really, you know, got to know you, got to blend with you, see your personality. And I really like Kevin's uh, constant razzing. (laughs) Yeah. Darren, Darren ignoring me while he texts. (laughs) (laughs) He works. He does all that stuff. I don't think he ever quits working. So Um, but I, you come from a spiritual aspect and for me to really be coached by somebody, you have to acknowledge a spiritual aspect. There's, that's too big of a part of me, of who I am. So I jumped in and I kind of took it as I'm thinking along the lines of like a reporter, like I should do this phone call and then I can tell people on tribe talk, you know, what it was like to do the call. Um, so that was the breakthrough call that you signed up for. Yes. With me after the first, I think it was right after the first day. (laughs) Like I said, I I had to try it. Yeah, it was Um, great. So I signed up and we clicked. You um, are very easy for me to talk to. You're very easy for me to relate to. Um, I vetted you a little bit as well on how your aspects of spirituality and stuff were to make sure that we were a fit um, for on my side as well, which I felt like we were. So, um, I dove in and I went in this with the intention and instead of having like a blanket, Ooh, I just want to get better. Um, I had the intention of God made me to be amazing. And he, I'd already been studying all the stuff that the Bible says you are like beloved, chosen, healed, whole. Um, I knew all of this intellectually, but I didn't feel it. Mm. I was living in that space. And that was the space I needed to get to, to be able to fulfill a leadership role that I felt like I was in. Yeah. So I went in with the intention of, if I took away all the crap, all the rejection, a divorce, um, if I took all of that away, God made me as a really cool being and I deserve to find her and be her. And you'll hear me talk about Tony 2.0. That's like a Kevin phrase that got put on me. Um, but it's very true. And it's, it's a version, you know, when you, when you download a new version of iPhone, it kicks out some of the stuff of the old. And that's really what the intention was, was finding me and getting rid of a lot of the emotional baggage that was holding me back. Mm. So I dove in head first. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things to note there. I thought, I think it was cool that you kind of already had a, an intention going into it. Um, but you were also kind of open to see where it could go. So that was helpful. Um, and then, you know, the, the conversation that we had is really mostly just me asking questions and trying to get clear on where you are and kind of what you're looking for. And I like how you said that it, you know, it felt like a good fit. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's really the key. Um, you know, there, are, if things aren't a good fit, uh, you know, I've, I've had those calls where I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I can help you. And then I try to find somebody who can. Uh, but in your case, it was like, no, no, this is perfect. This, this feels aligned. Um, and there was something else that you said in there. Oh, about kind of that person, that, that Tony, that God created you to be. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've, we've explored in our work together is this idea that we all have this like inner core of innate goodness and wisdom. And, uh, and it's in everybody, but, for all of us, it's the human condition that life kind of piles junk on top of us. <laughs> um, we all have something. Yeah. Baggage, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so it sounded like you were able to kind of bring some of that into the work that we did and even let go of some of it and find some, find some healing from that. So, um, you know, to the extent that you're comfortable sharing any of that, what was that process like for you? Uh, it was multi-step and I like what you said about being open because yeah, I went into this, but I didn't know what was going to actually happen. Um, obviously the, the primary piece is meditation, um, and then things that spring from there. And I had been sitting for about 15 minutes. I would, um, have my brain go everywhere and not really understand 
how to make it calm down. And you kind of gave me the tools of working through what meditation actually is and making it an actual um, activity, like mm. a beginning and an end with, with purpose and what I was trying to do instead of just chasing thoughts around my head. So and I, sorry, to, but that like the method piece, I think is often what people are missing because it, it provides a container for the experience. Right. And what was cool is you shared, I mean, you had already been sort of drawn into that experience of silence, and, mm -hmm. but not maybe not exactly sure what to do with it. And so the method that we worked on was, again, it provided that container for it. Yeah. Sorry, so, keep going. Dominique. No, you're fine. Um, so my daughter is also here. I'm so used to this now on, uh, on our calls. Whenever you look up, I know your daughter is close by. <laughs> one of them. So I think the first real breakthrough came with um, real, recognizing that I had allowed my happiness to be subjective to other places mm. and other things. And I was constantly trying to fix, fix relationships, fix um, finances, fix job, fix, you know, and you can't, you can't. And I was trying endlessly. And that was my first big aha was my happiness is mine and that's okay. And I went through, I sat down with a piece of paper and nobody told me to do this. I sat down with a piece of paper and I went through where I was giving away my happiness to. Mm. And I wrote down the where I wrote down what, like what my expectation was, like what I was trying to fix. And I forgave myself for it. Mm. And that was somewhat freeing just in that activity. Um, and then around that same time was when uh, I listened to one of the, the guided meditations that was all about giving permission to the person that you are and permission to be that person. And that, since that was my intention going in, it was like validation. It was like this big light bulb of, I'm not just seeking something that's unknown, like people acknowledge there is this you that I like how she put it. Cause she said, it's the you that you are when you walk in the door and you close it. Mm. I like that, that vulnerable, no walls up, no labels, no expectations. That sigh you have when you put the keys down and the coat off or the shoes off, whatever. So that was, that was the turning point. I think at that point, that was where I found, felt like I found me. Mm. And then from there, it became like you say, the little bubbles on the, the um, pan of certain things would come up. Mm -hmm. And I really learned just how much different aspects of rejection had really just weighed on me. And I just had an experience of acknowledgement and as I identified those and let them go, the weight that came off of me was tangible. Mm. It is tangible. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want that weight back. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So I, I treasure my time. I look forward to that time each day. Um, I don't know what's going to happen day to day. But I trust it because everything that I've seen and experienced lines up with the stuff that you said was to expect. And what I was, you talked about being open to other things. I didn't even know that I was going into it really wanting a closer relationship to, to God. Like that, yeah. that wasn't my intention coming in. It's something that I want all the time anyway, but it wasn't something that I was actively pursuing doing this. And it's something that's totally come out of it. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I think too, that there's, um, you know, we've worked, we talk about how intention is sort of the core of the practice of, of centering prayer and meditation and people come into the practice with all kinds of different intentions. So like you, you actually had a pretty identified one, I think, <laughs> compared to most, which was to sort of find that person that God had created you to be. Um, but whatever it, whatever it is, like it might, maybe it's more based on like stress or, you know, wanting to improve relationships or, 
you know, let go of, of experiences from the past or resentments or things like that. And we find that that gets us there and gets us started. But then the practice really starts peeling the onion. And then, like you said, things bubble up that you didn't even know were going to come. Um, and it's kind of hard to explain that to somebody until they actually do the practice consistently, which by the way, you've been amazing, right? You haven't, you've been doing it twice a day, uh, since we started working together seven weeks ago and mm-hmm. uh, haven't missed it, which is incredible. <laughs> and I always tell people, you know, there's that Woody Allen line of uh, 80% of life is showing up. And I think that that's true for a lot of this work too, is like, um, if you're willing and ready to show up and do the practice, then all the stuff that we did in our coaching is like, it's, it's container for that. It's, it's language, it's understanding like what's happening at the, at a spiritual level, at a psychological level, at a physical level, but really it's, you know, you showing up and, and being open to where the spirit is guiding you is, is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I made the statement about, um, taking it seriously. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. It was meant kind of in my, yeah, I'm yeah. a teacher, I'm a teacher. And in my head, I was picturing the kid, you know, the can't sit still and he's up and he's going. And a lot of times you say, you know, take it seriously and it helps them focus. And that was kind of how I saw myself. It was like, help me focus. Like I was doing this. I wasn't here to play. This is, this was issues that I've had obviously for years and I, w- I wasn't playing with them. Like yeah. I want done. I want past this. I don't want to keep talking about it. I don't want to keep reliving it and, and going from, you know, okay, in five more years now I'll go and find another therapist and we'll do the same thing all over again. No, right. that was not, I want to, I want to figure it out and I wanted it done. And I, if it, if it was going to happen, it was going to be God that did it, you know, that it's not me. Um, yeah but I was definitely worthy of the positions that I was handed. So a lot of the things that was bogging me down are from people that aren't even in my life anymore. And I didn't want to give them that power anymore. Like they're not even around. They don't have any right to be holding me back from where I want to go. And I want all these great things. So they need to go and, let me just rise up. Yeah. So cool. Um, I'm just realizing that you can't, you can't see this, but your friend Tracy is, uh, she posted in there, Tony, you've made such amazing progress and then exclamation marks and heart. (laughs) (laughs) So she's got your back and you know, you've been able to let go of some of the more of the, the past rejections that it sounds like, you know, you took a little more personal or kind of took on, right. Even though those people weren't around in your life anymore. And you mentioned at the beginning too, doing like other, working with other coaches and just kind of feeling worse. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what what was that? What was different, or what was that experience like that made you feel worse? And how was this experience of our working together different? Um. Well, like I said, it was strict business. So if something didn't have the result that I was supposed to have if it didn't play the way it was supposed to play in like the a financial world. result or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about numbers and stuff. Then what could I do different? How was I, what did I do wrong? How, you know, what did, how am I supposed to change so that that never happens again? And that's not exactly the most building up, you know, <laughs> self-esteem kind of, of way to look at stuff. And I just business or no business. I couldn't handle being talked down to all the time mm-hmm. by people that were supposed to be helping me. Yeah. And that was part of, you know, the, the intention coming in is I'm done with being talked down to, you know, I'm, I'm in leadership positions and that's not a position that people are talking down to you. So how do I get that? How do I get that out of my mentality? How do I get that out of my decision-making and, um, projection as I'm on stage at MIT or leading, you know, six, eight women on a Bible study. So. Well, it's interesting you brought up the numbers because, um, and we use this assessment tool, right? The the centering for wisdom assessment. And again, I agree. So I'm going to, I'm going to say two paradoxical things here. Probably they're both true. 
One is, uh, yeah, I agree that part of, you know, the way I approach leadership development is like the leader's primary job is the work on their self. Um, and if you want to add in like the theological piece, it's, it's God's work ultimately that we're just getting ourselves out of the way for that work to happen, um, by grace. Um, and then the, the results I think come, you know, when we align up that into our intention and then live out of that, you know, eventually, um, but if you kind of measure, you know, uh, one of my coaches always said, compare equals despair. <laughs> and as soon as we start comparing ourselves to a number to somebody else, like we put ourselves in that space of I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And at the same time, we do use this assessment tool to kind of see where you're starting and then where you go throughout the course of our time together. And I know that you had some pretty remarkable changes in that area of shame, which was one of the four quadrants that, um, which essentially is measuring, um, it's a self-assessment tool that you take, but it kind of measures your self-talk. Like, how are you judging yourself as not as good as other people? Um, how are you feeling in, in relation to others like that? So can you talk a little bit about how that shifted? Um, I don't have the beginning number in front of me. I That's remember. Okay. I just, end, I well, I remember it was, it, it went down by 42%. <laughs> that part I remember. It was like 3.6 to 1.8 or something. Or 1. Yeah. yeah. 1.8 was the bottom. I, 3. Point, yeah, 3.5, 3.6 was the beginning. Yeah. Um, I think that shows that I was coming in really with an intention and that your assessment just happened to measure <laughs> yeah. Yeah. where I was going. Um, everything else I didn't really feel in my life was out of whack, but that one. I yeah. felt was really out of whack. And I went in with that intention of finding myself and, and all of that springs from how do I talk to myself? How do I feel about regrets and actions of the past? And when I started, regret was big. Yeah. Regret was big. And that did a lot of bad self-talk. That did a lot of not feeling worthy, not feeling, I mean, all of that played into what put me here and then doing the work and changing how I see myself, how I talk to myself, how um, the value level that I attach to myself alone. And I don't give that power away to other people anymore. All of that played into answering those same questions in a very different way. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the numbers are fun just because it kind of gives you some mm -hmm. feedback and like to track your progress. But I think even more importantly, how, so how does that feel differently for you in, in your day-to-day -day life? You know, like, how are you showing up? Tony 2.0. <laughs> um, right now, I, like I said, it's a tangible weight. I feel lighter. My heart feels less constricted, um, less stress. And then like the best thing I've got is the imagery of Disney world. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. When you walk in and everything is there and your, your senses are overwhelmed. You don't know which way to go because you want to see everything. You want to get to everything, the energy and excitement that's there. Um, that's, that's what I feel like now. And that's huge for me because for the last, I would say 10 years, ever since uh, my marriage fell apart, I think it's really, you know, ever that's when the had to fix it hit, you know, and I don't think that I ever really got out of it because, okay, the divorce was final, but then I'm still fixing finances and I'm still fixing job and I'm still fixing relationships. And it just became overwhelming on being buried. And I had somebody right when I started attending the Bible study that I now lead, I had somebody ask me, Tony, do you ever rest? Mm. And that was eye opening. Mm. That was, that was where I, I left that day and I went to a Creek by the house and I just sat and was like, wow. And mm. I think that that was the turning point. Like that was my start of this journey. Yeah. You know, that, that led to the dots to hear that now I feel like, um, 
using the eat, pray, love allegory instead of, of the person at the beginning of the movie that is the overwhelmed and is the seeking and the lost and the end part where she's getting things together and she's knows more what she wants. That's where I identify now. Yeah. I feel like I've, I'm putting this stuff behind me. I'm not dealing with it anymore. It's over. I'm going to continue my practice. I'm going to enjoy and make whatever comes of MIT. Um, I'm going to make it the best thing that we can do. And it's awesome to participate in that. That is an amazingly special experience that I know I am just blessed to be a part of. So that's really what I see and feel now is genuinely happy for the first time in a long time, like innately happy, not expectant on, well, I'll be happy when I get this situation, how I want it. Mm. That's not a part of it anymore. Mm. I just want, I want you to take in your own words there and savor that. Cause that, <laughs> I mean, that is, you know, to feel present and, and happy and where you're at. That's a, that's such a huge blessing. And, you know, that doesn't lessen any of your like drive or desire to like get engaged with MIT and, and do the work. It's, but it's just like, I'm already whole and good. And now I can bring that or you can bring that to into what you're doing. And people are going to feel that people already have commented to you on the change. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stacy and Kevin and certainly me and the other people in the group that we, uh, we did the program with, um, can all see it. Well, I appreciate the comments that I've had because I think it was you that said other people see it first. Mm -hmm. And I have had those comments and yeah. that just confirms that I'm on the right track and that it's having the effects that I'm wanting it to have. And 2.0 is here and 3.0 is, you know, in the works for the next part. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, but it's a good feeling now. It's positive. It's not fearful. It's not um, lost. And like, I, I want to get rid of the word trying and should. Those two words mm, should never yeah. be in English vocabulary. Um, trying makes me feel like I'm on a hamster wheel and it's never going to work. Yeah. Um, and should is all the cultural or family, um, whatever intentions that you're supposed to take on. Yeah. And I just kind of am dropping all of that. Yeah, that's amazing. And one of the things that we've talked about and you've experienced is that when you drop all of that surface level narrative that we get so caught up in, and again, we all do it, right? It's not like, it's not like you're a bad person if that happens, like we all have it. Yeah. You learn through the practice, the, the centering prayer and meditation practice to recognize that chatter and let it go and not identify with it. Then you get opened up to this whole other way of being that like you said, you were born with it. It's there. We all experienced it when we were like, came into the world, <laughs> um, <laughs> but quickly we all get crap piled on top of us. And so resting back into that space can be so powerful and it really, it, it's hard to explain, but all the, the surface level things, the, the, the goals and the work and the, the relationships start coming from that deeper place that changed being um, yeah. and then all of a sudden things that were like really difficult or stressful all of a sudden aren't that hard anymore because <laughs> you're showing up as a different person uh-huh and I do I do feel different yeah I also thought it was cool how you talked about um, you know previous experiences or the the with your divorce like those some of those really difficult experiences that we all have um, get kind of lodged in our bodies and in our, in our soul or our, our psyche, however you want to look at it. And then they get, one of the things that we explored is how they get triggered by different events that come up. And so those tapes keep going over and over again of like, I, I'm going to be abandoned or if I, it's not safe to rest. It sounds like was a good one for you. Yeah. Which I've had that too. And, um, and you, you know, there's something different that happens in the contemplative practice that's different from like therapy with a therapist or taking medications or which are all fine and good things. Right. But there it's somehow the practice gets at those things in a different way. It is. Right? It's a different. Yeah. 
curious how you've experienced that or how you would describe that to somebody who maybe hasn't experienced it. Um, hmm. I think, I think for me, there was, um, I'm not going to say the specific event, but there was an event that happened that really to me now, I look back as just one really horrible thing that somebody did to me. Like, I think it was just really a crap move. But at the time I was told, you're really not supposed to deal with it. You know, you need to let that, not hold it against that person, just kind of pat them on the back and let it go. And I wasn't allowed to ever really channel that because there was other stuff going on at the time that required my attention. And I never really got to deal with that. And I think that that, you know, sat there for 17 years or so now. Mm -hmm. And one of those days sitting out, I'd had a, something the day before and also another memory, um, a relationship that I miss come up. So I was kind of open to thoughts coming up during the meditation that just kind of come out of nowhere and they do trigger an emotion. And the day before had been a eh, kind of one. This one came up the next day and kind of, blindsided me. I wasn't expecting it. So I think right there is that you don't know a bubble is going to come up from the pan kind of thing. You don't know. It's not like you necessarily are, are planning the thoughts that are going to come up in your head when you're doing this. Um, but this event came up and it's a big one. It's one that um, obviously still had emotion and things that carried with it. And I can't ever change it it's a fact and it happened in the past, but I don't want the emotional attachment to it anymore. And so this practice kind of allows those things to be acknowledged, to come up, you know, if you feel emotion, um, you're not really supposed to react emotionally, but sometimes it's just there. <laughs> or if and, you do, you don't like, you don't resist it, right? Yeah. You don't resist. That's what gets so exhausting is constantly trying to push those, on those mm -hmm. negative feelings down just just wears us down right yeah and I was far yeah. enough in the practice where yeah. I wasn't if it comes it comes and you know I I let that event play out in my head I let the emotion be there I let it be what it is and then I surrendered it mm -hmm. and I let God do the rest from there, but it was very much a tangible beginning to end finish of, you know, it, it started, uh, I guess a, a beginning to end event. It started, it had a finish. Um, you know, it might take more than once for it to fully be resolved and that's okay. It doesn't feel like what it did and it's not pushed down. I'm not feeling like I have to ignore it, deny it, it, I accept it and I let go of the emotional attachment to it. And that's what I plan to do on anything else, you know, that comes up kind of like that. And that's what I did with the, the people that I could say, you know, have really impacted me on the rejection aspect to take, you know, those events and say, I'm done. I let it go. I surrender. You know, I had forgiven them. I didn't hold anger but it's that it's in you and right, there's right. emotional ties to it. And it's, it comes up every now and then, and it gives a bad taste in your mouth kind of stuff. And I'm like, I can't change my past. I can't change what happened, but I can keep it from influencing anymore. And that's really what I wanted out of all of this was to let all the emotional crap not influence me going forward into these awesome events that are happening in my life that these people don't have any part of anyway. So just keep, keep doing my practice. And if it comes up, surrender it to God. And I think that that's where, you know, my relationship got that much closer to God because I got it in a different way. It's all stuff that I knew scripturally and, you know, I've done my prayers and I do worship and I do those things, but this made it more real beyond that. Like I, it's like I got the ticket to the inner circle it's a little bit different. Hmm. I like that image of the inner circle. <laughs> God's inner circle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <it> yeah. Like. 
And yeah, you've, you've awakened to the fact that that's where you and God have been all along and you're showing up now to it in, in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm letting him respond to me in a different way. Yeah. I'm letting it, it be different than I ever tried to make it be. It's different. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You've seen me do this before, but those things that, that come up that have like those ener- that energy attached to them, those memories or experiences. And then when you, when you are doing the practice regularly, you're relaxing into the present moment. And then that stuff, because our ego's defense kind of shuts down for a while, we shut down the force field, <laughs> that stuff in the body can come up. And then, but when we don't react to it, it's like we allow it to go. And uh, I've been doing this, like they just, <laughs> they go shooting out. <laughs> yeah, the energy uh, gets let go of and, mm-hmm. and healed. And what that's what's left under it. It's like you said, the, the memory doesn't go away and it's, you know, but you don't have that same kind of like, the feeling come up with it every time you remember it. Mm-hmm. And you can read this stuff in books and, and have people tell you, but until you experience it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. You know, you, but I gave myself to that experience and I put myself in it as completely as I could, you know, and I embraced all of this and boy, did it, <laughs> it, it worked. It did what yeah. I wanted it to do and a whole lot more. And yeah. it's nothing that is stopping now. It's not stopping now. Yeah. Well, now you've you kind of opened the, you removed the force field, right? So the energy is just flowing and it's like, like you said, it's like Disneyland. It could go anywhere at this point, uh, but yeah. you know, it's good stuff. And you know, you're, you are attuned to, to God's, you know, guidance and healing and you're attuned to other people around you more. So you're able to kind of be in that, in that energy. And I have people around me now that one, understand it and two, want to lift me up. They're not the ones that want to talk down to me. They don't want to hold me back. They want to, you know, draw me more into the leadership, draw me more into this space and yeah. that's awesome to, to yeah. be surrounding myself with people that see me that way and support me that way. That's awesome. I should know real quick for anybody that's watching, if you want to submit a question, I can, <laughs> can pose it to, uh, to Tony. Um, so go ahead, you can put that in the, in the chat box. But um, I know you, so you've talked a little bit about your work uh, and with Kevin and Darren and other places. Uh, and I, but we've also explored a little bit how your relationship with your teenage daughters has evolved. Um, so putting you on the spot a little bit to the extent you're comfortable sharing, how has engaging in this seven weeks, um, you know, affected and improved that? Oh, just breaking old patterns, breaking old responses. Like even if they expect to push the button, not giving them that that reaction. So embracing what you taught as that space, the power between the stimulus and the, and the reaction slash response, mm-hmm. not, not letting the buttons get pushed, not um, letting myself react. So taking that moment, identifying, okay, I'm, I'm in this little, little spot and, and letting that spot at that space actually exist and be, and, you know, it might be me walking away. It might be me handling it different than I would have before. Um, but I think I see improvement in a couple of areas. And so that means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, you know, they're my girls and I want the best for them. And, and we're just at that age of their independence. And that's where they, you know, want their independence. And I'm still mom and I still see them you know, at five and, you know, much more dependent. And so there's uh, it's a both sides, kind of the apron strings are having to give. And it's, I think anybody that's got kids of that age, it's just its own challenge of they're not empty nested. They're still here going to college or, or I've got one that's a senior in high school and, and they're not totally ready to be on their own, but, they definitely don't still need to be watched over like they used to. And they want that independence. 
So it's just a, a setup almost for how many difficulties can we have? Yeah. And I don't, I don't want them to have memories now of strife and struggle. I want them to know I support them, you know, but there also may need to be boundaries set and I want to do it in healthy ways. Um, and I think it's just, it's more calm here now because even when I'm being triggered, I don't necessarily let that trigger happen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that space of like recognizing what's coming up and like starting to tense down, but then relaxing into it, that that's miraculous. Mm -hmm. I know we've, we've talked about what a gift that is that you're giving them to kind of model that and um, to allow them to have that, that space to explore, but also to stay there and say, you know, you fall down or need, need something like I'm here. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. That's and they've right. embraced the, the meditation part. They, I've got one that likes, we've got a TV show that we always watch together and she put it on pause for me to go do my meditation. Oh, wow. That's cool. I like, I, yeah, I thought that was really neat and supportive yeah. and I didn't get the groan or I didn't get, you know, any kind of pushback. It was like, okay, go do your thing. Come back in 20. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> next, the next step would be for her to join you, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Working on that one. Yeah. Baby steps. All right. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to freak them out too soon. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you really wanted to kind of share about your experience of uh, her work together? Uh, I would say to anybody, try it. <laughs> do it. Call you, do it, jump in for the seven weeks and let it rock your world, allow it to rock your world because a lot, I mean, you can go into it with a crappy attitude and not get anything out of it. That's, yeah. that's yeah. also, you know, that's also can happen. Um, but that's far from what happened here. Mm. And we all have stories. We all have um, things that were buried and, and aspects of abuse or narcissism or, you know, name it, whatever dysfunction you want, there's something in, in all of us, despite how great our parents tried. Cause I know I've yep. tried with my kids. They're all human. They, you know, <laughs> sure they, they always ball. joke. They'll, they'll send us the therapy bell <laughs> or they'll do, they'll do centering prayer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and meditation. And I, yeah. That's awesome though, that I have those resources now to give them. And I didn't have that 20 years ago. I wish that I would have known about this 20 years ago mm. and, and done the stuff now back then. Um, so that's really what I would, would say is like a, a, my wrap up is this is not isolated to me. It's not, um, something that only happens to other people. Um, I'm far from some kind of a once in a lifetime case study. I just <laughs> happen to be, you know, you just started doing this. So I'm just at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And you were the first one to say yes to uh, the Facebook live. <laughs> Yeah. So it's do, do it, give, give the seven weeks and you are going to be, if you put yourself in it, you're going to be amazed at who you come out as. Well, I, I appreciate the, the kind words and the endorsement. I, I did not plant you to <laughs> well, say that. Plan that. <laughs> I am a fan. I am totally a fan at this point. Um, Tracy can tell you that I, she, she's, followed along with this. She's a friend of mine in California that's known me for 10 years or more. And she has followed along with a lot of the spiritual and, and just life aspects of us. We've been together for it. And um, so she's been curious and she's asked me and she's followed along with this. And um, it's been neat to have somebody to, to really dialogue it out with and to, to talk it out with and not have it all just up in my head. Yeah. So Thank you, Tracy, for just being there for me and participating kind of on the side of this, but seeing it really is real and her support, you know, being on today, she actually rearranged her work schedule to be able to, oh, to listen awesome. and, and be a part of it here. But um, that's just, that's just the best thing that I could say to anybody out is, is to, to do it. <laughs> 
Well, I appreciate it. I, w- I was going to say something at the end about if, you know, if, if anybody <laughs> wants to get on one of these breakthrough calls with me. And again, it's, you know, you, you can speak to it. It's not a, it's not a pressure call. It's, it's an exploratory call and mm-hmm. um, seeing whether it's a good fit. And, um, and so I put the link up in the chat box for anybody who might be interested. And um, it'll take you to a, uh, a calendar page where you can sign up for a time that works for you. And, and then you just show up with, uh, with an open mind. And next thing you know, <laughs> you're going to be sitting here. You 2.0 or whatever, <laughs> 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been just such a pleasure um, this conversation, but also just working together and seeing the incredible way that you showed up and the, the change that you have allowed to happen <laughs> and to be so ready for. Um, so thank you for just bringing your whole self and, and uh, letting, letting the practice and grace do the work. It's been, it's uh, yeah. Like I said to you the other day, it's uh, it's just a joy to, to see this unfolding and knowing that we will stay in touch to see where it goes next. Mm-hmm. That's the most exciting part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. All right. Well, um, any, I guess I already asked you last thoughts. Anything, anything else before we sign off? I just want to say thank you for having me on. Thank you for pouring into me. Thank you for sharing yourself with me. Um, you've given me a life-changing gift. Mm. Well, you're worth it. And... There are others out there who are worth it and uh, we'll just keep connecting. Thank you. Thank you. You're really going to take that in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks to everybody who watched. Bye. Bye. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And you can find more resources, as always, on the show notes page. For this episode, which is thomasjbushlack.com forward slash episode 30. That's the word episode 30 with no spaces. There you'll find several resources, including a link to my free Facebook group for busy Christian professionals. You can also just search busy Christian professionals right in Facebook and submit your request to join. You'll find some other resources there about how to apply this contemplative wisdom to get out of feeling constantly overwhelmed and to apply your inner core of divine wisdom to both your professional goals and to finding deeper healing and connection in your most important relationships. David Benner writes that contemplation is a long, loving look at the real. A long, loving look at the real. So, if you're feeling the courage and the inspiration to take a long, loving look at what is real in your life right now, get some clarity around where you want to be in the next few months, and come up with a realistic game plan to get you there, then I invite you to go straight to thomasjbushlack.com forward slash apply and book your free breakthrough session with me. I will look forward to connecting with you soon. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you're inspired by Tony's courage to step into that long, loving look at the real and to bring that into everything she's doing, because the world needs your soul's light, wisdom, and contemplative leadership right now, and if I can help you uncover that light, then it will be my great honor and pleasure to speak with you. I'll be back next episode with my interview with Dr. Matt Mumber. And until then, please take care, stay safe, and God bless. Thanks again, everybody, for listening.